No, this is this is relatable, right? Look, not everybody is a trust fund kid, right? Not every keep going. Not everybody's a trust fund baby, right? Some we got to um, some people got to work, right? We got things we have to return to. Where this thing Bernard was our escapism, and then our escapism. Great, Patrick, you got us now. Cool. Yep. So our escapism turned into um, something more, right? And this is where I want Eugene to take over a little bit. So Eugene, you, you started coming to Central Park. You played for Park West, I think. And the whole time, you, I remember you were just sitting there and just watching, just observing who these players are, who the good ones are, who the bad ones are. And, you, and of course, you saw a whole bunch of arguing, right? 15 minutes of arguing, 10 minutes of playing. That's what it looked like when you started watching. 10 minutes. Ten yeah. Minutes. <laughs> you can decide. One play, ten, <laughs> ten minutes. Ten minutes arguing, and you play for like thirty seconds. Yeah. I know, right? So you point, and then like a bunch of a bunch of arguing right after that. So Eugene, before we get to cheat, as you're watching some of these players, and as you you have this inner belief in yourself, what point did you just insert yourself in and say, "All right, this this is these are my crew of people, and I'm and I'm in." Um, I was sitting there. You're right, and um. I think uh, Justin, okay. needed or something like that. And he asked me if I could play. I said, sure, I'll, I'll play one, no problem. And we just started playing like that, you know. And then uh, Patrick started talking shit to me and, uh, you know. Yeah, he said, you got a very big mouth and you guys became best friends. Oh yeah, it, it was, great. there's no warm up in the bullpen or nothing, man. He's was part of the family. Right away. Wait a minute. Did you, were you old enough to play against Justin in high school? He played for Humanities. Did you did you play against him? Match. He okay. played for Humanities, and Bernard played for um, Martin Luther King, right? Is that correct? Bernard played for Martin MLK. That was before Justin, though. Yeah, that's how they knew me because they, 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 we would play against each other. Oh, you played for Park West, right? And, you know, mm -hmm. they, I mean, they used to whip our asses. You know, him and Josh. Corey, if Corey sees Corey, yeah, yeah, Corey, Guardia. Yeah, Laguardia. Yeah. yeah, Laguardia. Yeah. Nice. And, and um. I know Justin used to play for Humanities uh, with the, uh, was it Danny Moy that, that played for Humanities also? Is that, is that remember correctly? Yes, Danny Moy. High school. Danny <laughs> Moy, Josh Jamrock, uh, Clement. Yeah. Um, right, it, right. Was, it was quite it was quite the squad. They had a, pretty, a couple of pretty good years. Um, I haven't met she at this point though. Like, I, I watched her play in the sand. Uh, she was amazing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, her skill was tight, dude, right? She Just was like. With, uh, Rick, Rick, with Rick. Ricky, you know? yeah. Mm -hmm. and they were amazing man that was you couldn't i couldn't stop watching that yeah like i was always in a fantasy I'm like wow nice. these people this good jeez nice you know what i mean like pros man yep so patrick um i was before you came on i was actually trying to explain to everybody how to four people this this guy's from harlem new york right this guy's from the south bronx you're you were originally far rockaway queens right so um, I'm, Brooklyn, I'm Brooklyn, New York, like Flatbush Avenue, right? So we got the fifth borough, Staten Island, which really doesn't count. You know, by the way, yuck. Um, <laughs> except the Wu-Tang Clan, right? <laughs> the Wu except the Wu-Tang Clan. So um, Patrick. Yeah, Shaolin. But um, so Patrick, um, it's, it's already enough of a story that four guys that are from different boroughs that are basketball heavy and football heavy play volleyball. That's already already a weird journey. Talk to me about the first time you met Chi and and um, the conversation or just one of, one of the first impressions you had about her. First time I met Chi, I was playing in New York Urban 
on a team with was it Cindy? Barclay, with Stafford Barze and Ron Radford and Cindy. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. This was long before Cindy. Oh, okay. Biba was on that team. Wait, Cindy, your ex girlfriend? That's what you mean? Biba. Biba was on that team. It's a podcast, Eugene. <laughs> a blast in the past name. And I go up. I'm hitting middle, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting middle. And it's just, it's beautiful karma because the first time I ever played in Central Park, I got on the court. I got on a court. I thought I was pretty good because I was a pretty solid high school player. I went up. I, I hit a. I hit a one ball. And I, I cut. Side note. I hit uh, Bob Pichardo, the current head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas Women's, across the head with my knuckle following through, and I split his head open. Ooh. And they're like, "No, no, no! You stuck. Get off. Get off. Get off. Get on. Get on B court. You just hurt somebody." And it was purely accidental. But ironically enough, I went up for a one ball, and Ron Radford came up right behind me for an X, right over the top. And he's six six. I'm six. Two on a tall day. He's got gorilla arms. He can scratch his ankles without bending over. And he followed through, and his hand came over the top of my head and hit me while I was still in midair. I landed, didn't realize I had a broken, uh, I had a, this scar that's somewhere, I don't know if anyone can see it, this scar right here on my head. Yep. That's Rod Radford's knuckle, and she was the referee. That's how I met she. Yeah. She butterflied my bleeding, spitting blood head. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I think I was like 17 years old. Jesus. I, I think I was 17, 16 or 17 when she did it. That was mm-hmm. that was the first time I had ever played in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how did the four of us meet? I mean, like, uh, like Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote in a – in his song for um for my shot in Hamilton, God just kind of put us all in one spot. And, yeah. You know, oh, we we kind of just fell together. Was like, mm-hmm. You throw Justin in there, the five of us were just like. Yeah. And Danny Moy every once in a blue moon. Dave Carter, yeah. Yeah, I mean Dave Carter, mm-hmm. Corey. We were just a oh. bunch of young, dumb kids who loved playing volleyball. And we just happened to be in the same spot. And yeah. uh, she was kind of the catalyst for the four of us becoming who we became. So true. Well, Bern- I thought Bernard um, I thought Bernard stirred the pot and, and eventually she lit the match. <laughs> like Bernard just had this great idea. Like we were beating the shit out of each other, uh, um, you know, on the court while all, the, all, the, while, like, all these other guys who were part of the good old boys club were laughing at us. And Bernard was like, these guys are laughing at us. I'll tell you what, let's stop beating each other up. Let's make a team ourselves and, 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 send, and send a message. And, and that was really, really cool because Bernard has always kind of been the chef, right? Like Eugene's been the ingredients. You, you've been the catalyst. I've, I've been, you know, I was kind of along for the ride and figuring it out, figuring out my, out my place yeah. as we went. But you were um, alone, you were family. Yeah. But I'll yeah. tell you this: first time I met Chi, very much like a lot of you guys did, and a lot of people listening to this podcast, uh, uh, she was reffing. Right. I got a, I got yeah. a, I got a ball set from the pipe, like ten foot line that was like two feet off the net. So I tried to broad jump it, and when I broad jump it, the way I landed, I fell in this crazy way, and she took the whistle out of her mouth and couldn't stop laughing. She was cackling like the Wicked Witch of the North, man. She, ha, 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 
<laughs> like pointing at me. I'm like, this chick is reffing us. And she's laughing. I'm, a, I'm on the court playing and she's laughing, right? And, and the one memory I have of her in the beginning is she was so entertained by um, our friendship that she was trying to be a ref and at the same time was involuntarily becoming a participant right we would play matches uh, against people we had great co-ed team wana woo danny moy right mavi we would we, just name drop a little bit one of the best teams ever assembled and i'll, I'll do a camera shot of the, of the money we won but she bernard would do some clownish stuff yeah like bernard would like backhand danny moy in the balls by accident danny would fall and she she's laughing and the other team is like I'm gonna I'm gonna call the league and complain about you. This team's kicking our butt, and you're and you think it's funny, and, and and it was crazy because the other team didn't get the joke. They did they didn't understand that we weren't doing that to show up the other team we were going against, and what we weren't doing that because we thought we were so good we could ignore that team. They did have our undivided attention. It's just that the thing that Chi made us realize is that you don't have to wait years from now and look back and say that was a great moment when you're in that moment right then and there why look at stuff and reflect back when and when you're in the present when you're there and you're in the present tense so to hell looking back why look back we're here we're let's look here and and she noticed that that she, she liked that about us and and um and i thought that's what made her special to us and us special to them so what made to double down on that, Jay. Um, mm -hmm. By the way, I apologize for everyone who's watching. You hear the music. I'm actually also at my at my little sister's birthday party. She's turning 43 today, tonight, mm -hmm. right now. Nice. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, so one of the things that that I don't think anyone besides the four of us really understood about Chi, and Vern says it, Jay, you say it all the time. You said it all the time about her. She was she was our mom. She was absolutely our mom. But it, and when she laughed at us, she didn't laugh at us because she was trying to embarrass other people or anything. She laughed at us because that's what moms do when their kids do stupid stuff. They laugh at you like you're an idiot. Funny stuff. <laughs> that's, that's so there was true. one time. There was one time. Gene and I, in the middle of practice, got into a screaming argument, back and forth with each other. She grabbed us by our ears and told us to shut the hell up and stop embarrassing ourselves yeah well by she way, she didn't say hell but she said something else <laughs> <laughs> to this day it was your fault yeah wait yeah. what what <laughs> i didn't stutter you heard me it's your fault uh here we go these two again burns burns like and we're back where we started from two decades later <laughs> <laughs> all right so that was 96 97 98 let's fast forward to um 99 um she becomes the head coach of a small school in brooklyn called new york city college of technology or or, or city tech as as the kids the kids in the city would, would call it and it's a program that didn't have a club team to build off of it was a program that didn't have the moving parts and, and it, there was division three so it was a program that didn't, that didn't have scholarships and, and recruiting power and, and academically unless you were in like a technical occupational specialty it wasn't very competitively academically unless you were into that tech stuff you know like like you were patrick so she asked me if I'm being an, I want to be an assistant coach. And I'm like, where? 
<laughs> you know, city tech. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, do they have a club team? No. I'm like, so how are we going to recruit? And she's like, well, that's what you're going to help me with. And I'm like, she's like, you know, all the kids in high school. And I'm like, no, I don't. I said, you know, I, um, you know, I was doing some team managing stuff for Hunter College at the time, but I didn't know anybody. So and I said, I, I might know some guys, you know, so here's the cool thing. This is City Tech for the people watching Division three, no club team. Right. Um, I bring Bernard on as a volunteer assistant to assist with me, me and Chi. I recruit Eugene. Eugene registered for classes 15 minutes before the first set. Uh, um, he, he was officially registered full time, 15 minutes before we played USMMA, Merchant Marines Academy. And Patrick Dietz was kind of our rock star. I recruited as a setter, but- um, I don't, I would, don't call me a rock star. Please don't. No, no, but, but shut up. 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 I want you guys to talk to me a little about this experience that we made something out of nothing, right? Um, so during the school period, right, we upset Ramapo, who was a high seed back then. We took Hunter. Hunter was the the eventual CUNY winner, and they had they had really they had a lot of tools in the toolbox. That was there was five sets we went there. Lehman was um, you know had a lot of um, legal recruits. We'll call it, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, and you guys. The, the the combination of all of us under cheese guidance made something into nothing. So um, I want to go first on a story, right? And then Bernard's turn, right? Ramapo, game five. Patrick right now, Patrick right now is six for six, right? And then he misses a hit, like a very uh, something that would have really put us up and gave us momentum, and he missed. And when he missed, he walked with his head down, and Chi stood up. And with a voice as annoying as you can be, but but as affectionate as we recognize, said, you don't put your head down, pick your fucking head up. You're not losing this match, you're winning this match. And you looked at her, and very, and very much like Patrick is shaking his head now, he just shook his head like, okay, I got this, I got it. And Patrick, you were nine for nine this fifth set, and we'd upset. Ramapo against the team. I mean, and to me, it wasn't a major upset because they didn't have video on us. They didn't know us. They're 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 like, what high school do these kids come from? And I'm like, no, these guys are like, they were they were adults for like a, a five years before they went they went back to school. So they didn't know you guys at the, back then. So um, Bernard, is there something you wanted to add to that that first year, uh, just building that team with City Tech and? There was something we went out of the um, New York. And we won one of the games. And um, she was looking at me. She goes, what the hell is wrong with Eugene? Why he stop blocking? So I yelled out. I said, hey, man, how tall are you? And Eugene went, bah! That's how tall I am. That was great. Ooh. <laughs> that was great because I didn't think he heard you. I didn't I didn't think he heard you. And then when he got the block, he's, uh, clearly he did. Eugene never heard anybody on the court. Oh, he, but when he got the block. People. Eugene only oh. heard two people. You can you know hear me, yeah. and he would hear my ass get in his ass <laughs> when he decided not to be a blocking machine, which mm -hmm. he knew he needed to be. My right. favorite, my favorite 
moment in time playing for Chi was, and Jay, you remember this, Rick, John Jay, we're having a just tight game. And Alec Paletto, my brother from another mother, little tiny oh, Brazilian yeah, superstar. The Brazilian hands. And she is like, who's passing the court? And I stand there, and you look at me, and I look at you, and I go, I got the whole court. She, don't worry. I'll pass the whole thing. I got it. Don't worry. You just And you start laughing at the top of your lungs. And Mom Du, one of our closest friends, one of our Central Park mentors, screams at his dude, don't serve him. It didn't matter where he served. And she was like, yeah, don't serve him. He's just going to touch every goddamn ball. Mom Dew was the head so, coach at John Jay at the time, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man, you're right. And Mom Dew said there's four people over there and there's Patrick having, passing the other side of the court by himself, serving to the four people or something crazy like that. And, and I still pass the ball. And you still pass the ball. <laughs> and you know the crazy <laughs> thing? And, it was me and Patrick passing the whole court. You know that. And he yelled at his player. I said, don't serve him. And the guy yelled back at Mamdou and said, I didn't. I served into the four people. He took the pass. <laughs> he t- I mean, what do, you want, what do you want me to do? And, and I thought that was really, really uh, funny. Mamdou, no, man, big shout out Mamdou, who coached, by the way, Qatar before um, yep. before the, they took over. I found the Mamdou, man. Love you. Okay, Pat. I don't want to leave because I got to get back to my sister's already texting me right now. Uh-huh. I don't want to leave, but I want to say this. My absolute favorite moment of the four of us was end of the year. We did our battle Royale 2v2. Oh, As I recall, Jason and Eugene, Bernard and I still hold the goddamn belt. So, yeah, right. Boom. That's fake news. False. That's false. No, it's not fake news. That's false. That's not fake news. That's not fake news. You should. Be, you should. Right here. Right here. Eugene. Eugene. We were going back and forth. For that lie, we should lock him up. Just lock them up. Lock them all up. Just uh, yeah, get them the hell out of here. We played, we played six straight games in a row. Yeah. No. Yeah, we played six straight games in a row. I know for a fact that we won the last two. I don't know about you two winning the any one of those. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Four 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 jump in ten foot line. Yeah. Man. You guys just want them quit. I do. Eugene, I do remember we did play a lot of games, five or six games, but Patrick's right. I do remember them winning the last two. And I do remember Patrick specifically playing lights out. It took, you know, Byrne at that time was unstoppable. And I don't even remember Byrne even having a bad night for like a five year period. Uh, But we. we, Piss me off. Yeah. But we we (laughs) knew. We knew that it had to be Patrick. And Patrick played lights out. Yeah, go ahead, man. Later, man. Get out of here. Talk later. Love you, little brother. Cool. All right. So yeah. So actually, really good memory because um, City Tech for the people that that have played there or been there or played against City Tech. It's a small gym, but it's very intimate. The bleachers are very very close. The lighting's perfect. The floors are redone every year. It's always really nice. Ray Almalbert was the athletic director then, uh, head coach of Puerto Rico, uh, their basketball team or assistant coach. Um, Eugene, if there was one fundamental whether it's passing, hitting, blocking, serving, or digging, was there one fundamental that you took a level up 
um, under Chi's um, um, tutelage and, gui and guidance? I would say um, it pushed me to the limit on all the fundamentals, but the one that, that still stood out the most was the the blocking. She got me blocking a lot better. Uh, one time, uh, like that day that I wasn't blocking, she called, after I did that block when Bernard yelled at me, she goes, you're a wall! Like, she, 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 she oh, did say that's that out my loud. Favorite line, dude. Remember that, man? Yes. That's forever, forever, I remember that. And yeah. Hard in practice, he used to use me as the, what was it called? The, the, the stunt dummy, I guess. Because I was, I was getting hit with balls. With the freaking... <laughs> <laughs> I got in the balls once, man. Yeah. You know that. You it felt there. like five balls coming at you. It's crazy. I'm saying, yeah. right? Burn, Burns laughing because he knows what's up. You know? Yeah. You know, it was good. You know what? I'm because not, I was one of the guys that hit him. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah, Heavy-handed hitter. It was like, uh, it yeah. was, you know what? That's just how you get ready for war, man. It's yeah. Just, you got to, they're coming from everywhere. Yo, yo, Burn. Um, the first time you and I took beach volleyball seriously at some level, right, um, was to, because of Chi. It was uh, Rick Amon, God rest his soul, and he passed this year too. Um, and I really hope they're up there in heaven together, just oh, just man. chilling, chilling, you know, chilling in the sky. Um, Rick Amon, for everyone knows, former player at UCLA, played with Karch, and then finished his um, the rest of his years doing color commentary in Puerto Rico for uh, the beach events out there. Um, but we're today we're talking about Chi, and I'll, I'll get into her biography for a minute. But I want you to talk to me about a f an important fundamental that you had already had for indoor volleyball, which translated to the beach right away. Well, it didn't translate. It didn't translate right away. It took some time because mm. remember it was different. Indoor balls hard. Stop. <laughs> indoor balls. You know, they're different feel to it. And the beach balls, they're like very soft. And that's when I started to learn how to do that with the beach balls and indoors. So getting to the point of it. Um, when I started training with you for the beach, it was different. It was a way, it was a different, it was different. Everything was different. Hot, sticky. You know, New York you got to yeah. quick. But let me just say this one thing, and Jay will remember this. So sometimes, and everybody that's watching this, sometimes my boy, he didn't have that passing ability, and we get punishments for it. So Jay shanked the ball. I turned and looked at him. Who the hell do push-ups in the sand? Oh, us. All the time. That was Chi punishing us. It was fun Did watching you, you do push-ups. No, yeah. it wasn't, because you know I was looking at your oh, face when I was doing push-ups. <laughs> now, now, Eugene knows, just like you know, there was definitely one or two instances where I got aced on purpose. <laughs> I was Guys, I'm ex-military, so push-ups were my life, but just watching me and Burn do it together and watch, and, and watch this man stare at me. Yeah. <laughs> While he's knocking out twenty push-ups, just like stare at me, like, like yeah. it was weird. It was like wait till these kids leave. I'm gonna whoop you behind. You know, it was like one of those Ike turn. It was like one of those Ike Turner moments. You know, but um, for me, Chi, 
one of the things that that transferred right away for me for indoor and outdoor was the block because um, I was I'm only six one but I, I but I was a very highly technical blocker because of my size and that technique um, along with the freedom to go after the hit a little more because you know indoor you have to block zones like me and Eugene blocking together we got to make sure we close the hole we got to block you know there's lanes you know there's certain hitters we go against that like to hit lines so we move it and this and that but there was this freedom to go after the hit a little bit more at the net even though you had to commit to one block two block or whatever um, there was this independence that it's it's you and if it's not you there's only one guy behind you so you know you got to compete and you burn as a full-time defender you're like dude if i don't get this ball the guy next to me ain't gonna get it because ain't no guy next to me the only guy that's supposed to be next to me is that the the net blocking so there was this acute awareness that she gave us that made us hypersensitive to reading the ball then the hitter and then back to the ball again which when we went back indoor was great. It was great. Your defense was, was, your digging was better. Eugene, your blocking was better. You, there were plays you'd reach over the blocker next to you because you knew the hitter was trying to hit over the top and you'd, you'd reach over your, the blocker next to you and take it. You just, your hand eye was better, right? Um, no, I love yeah. it when Gene, after we all did the beach thing, we came back to the gym in Urban and Gene turned to me he goes, watch this burn. I said, what the hell are you planning to do? He stuck out one hand and popped that guy. <laughs> he said, you like that, didn't you? I said, get away from me, man. I want to talk to you. She awoke in me. Just like what you said about how the beach transferred into the gym, that awoke in me. And I'm going to explain why. You never thought that you can do all of this. Like, like she made me faster in the gym. I was so quick. And the sand made me jump higher because I've been jumping so much in the sand. It pressured me to jump higher. But when I got to the indoor gym, I was like, well, goddamn. You know, I was yeah. like, I'm yeah. going over guys. Guys went to block and I'm like doing this, you yeah. know? And I was like, damn. That's yep. what the beach can do. It woke me up. Yeah. Yep. Eugene, do you, can you appreciate how what Bernard's talking about really only applied to indoor players? Like for beach players that only play beach, uh, you'll notice this. And Eugene, you stop me at any point. You notice when beach players play indoor, in theory, they should jump higher, but they don't because they don't have the muscle memory of the indoor approach of the flat surface. So if you're an indoor player that trains on the beach, when you go back indoor, you remember what the indoor approach feels like and jumping off the flat surface feels like. So it seems like the guys that came back from the beach to indoor with the higher jump were the people who are already indoor players. Um, uh, Gene, any any examples you'd like to use with that? Um, some of the players that played indoor, uh, including yourself, um, compared to some of the players that played beach? Uh, we don't have to out nobody, but would you, you know, just be, be, well, be out anybody. I'm just saying it's true that yeah. you started just playing beach and then you, you move over to indoor. You never played indoor before. You're mm-hmm. going to jump higher in the sense that uh, you're ready to train indoors. You know what I mean? When you want to try to the beach, you mm-hmm. want to jump higher because your muscle fibers are already trained to do indoors. And when you go back, you jump higher at the, in, the, in the indoors because in the, in the, on the beach, that, 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 that level of, uh, I mean, the sand makes you, I don't know, for some reason, 
just elevate more right, for some reason. I guess because it's harder to, I don't know, tread on the sand. I, that's what I'm guessing. No, you know it's, I mean? yeah, it's that, that. We were able to capitalize on that mm. because because of we we uh, we we were we were able to transcend both sports like that. Like we, mm. I mean, it's the same sport, but it's a two different sports. Really, let's be honest. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if, we were able to go back and forth and not have an issue, as opposed to somebody that just plays sand, couldn't go indoors, and you know what I mean. It's just start playing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like that. And I like that because we were talking, definitely talking about the physical. And like you said, Bernard, you you become more mindful, aware of every inch of the court and and where your responsibilities were, but not not just that, where your responsibilities could be. Um, it was also really, really helpful as an assistant coach to give some of the some of the defenders like Lenny Vargas um, and some of those guys, you know, uh, Alex, just where they're playing and hey, always go after, always, you know, you you were very good at presenting their people their options, and I think that's what she did too. She was very very good at um, having you understand your options, you know, which I which I still practice to these days. Like I remember less too. Yeah, like I remember Chi going up to Eugene and and you're like and you 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 stopped going after a ball. You you took a step and you stopped, and she's like, "What percentage chance?" Do you think of have? Did you have a getting that ball? And he's and you're like you're a smart ass, and you're like fifteen percent, maybe ten. And she's like, okay. She said, well, what's the percentage if you don't go at all? Zero. <laughs> it's zero. She says it's zero, and she goes, Eugene, play your fuck, play your fucking numbers. <laughs> it's just like I was like, wow. <laughs> and I was good at math, bro. I'm telling yes. you that. Because I was like, she she put it into perspective. I couldn't deny her her coaching style or her her input. Her input was was just a hard ass. Yeah, and and you know what? Sometimes those things make diamonds, man. Pressure, you know, right? Pressure makes diamonds, man. You got to break eggs to make an omelet, man. And that and that was, and she's coaching in an urban area of kids who don't have like, you know, we didn't have traveling experience like the rest of the good volleyball players had. We didn't, you know, we, didn't, we couldn't afford tournaments and stuff like that. So she's coaching kids who live in these neighborhoods freaking volleyball and, and look what we become bernard your nickname was satan eugene you ended up playing with bameso for a little bit right they're two-time national champions for men's open they they only lost a set one set in two years right frankie valdez big shout out caballito remember him you know ulysses who's the, who runs the program who's my rival by the way at new Paltz state uh tony bonilla so so um so skill wise, it was really weird to see like a whole bunch of people that walk like us, that that dress like us. We didn't dress like volleyball players. We weren't board shorts and flip flop guys. We were high top sneaker and and baggy ass shorts guys, right? We were basketball shorts guys. Yeah, we were we were urban tank top guys, not you know, not not suburban and, and beach tank top guys. We wore you wore skulls, right? You wore Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts. You had um, you know, you were this guy was nicknamed Big Evil, like Undertaker. So, uh, um, it was it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. It's if I change, huh? <laughs> yeah, we were like hood rats, man, mm -hmm. and people were just like, who are these guys? Yeah. When we start playing, you're like, okay, I see what we're dealing with. And you know, I live in California, and everyone that's ever played in Central Park remembers you and remembers Eugene. And very much like Bernard just said, like, who the hell are these guys? They're joking around. They got this sense of humor. It's like, you know, can they play? Can they play? And and then you find yeah. out these guys leave like, oh, my God, these these mo these mofos are in the house, man. My guy, J.O., Jason Olive, who I work with, remembers Eugene very well. You know, of course, Amari remembers Bernard. Um, oh, no, Amari Velasco, who played at Santa Barbara. He was a gaucho. Um, 
But the one of the most important things I wanted to say about Chi for myself and you guys can can go we can go around clockwise. She taught me that you you can be yourself, but it has a price. You can go out there and be your own man, and if you're if you're a shit talker, like if you like to thump your chest and you and you're you're animated, you have to take what comes with it. And the two most important things: do people want to play with you if you, if if they can't handle that distraction? Because some people that's not a, that's a distraction, but to some people that's like, oh my god, it's just fun. We're just talking shit and playing volleyball, right? Um, and she says, if you can handle being yourself. You can sleep at night, but you might not get everything you want. And that's something she taught yeah. me. And she said, sometimes you got to bend a little bit. And if you bend, uh, make sure it's not to it's 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 not something where you bend and you sell your soul a little bit and you don't get you want what you want. And then you feel like you sold out and still didn't get what you want. So so that's the risk versus reward. But something I learned about from Chi is you can be yourself. And you might not get everything you want, but you'll sleep at night. And that's what I got from her. Um, I'm smiling because when I learned how to start shit talking, it was from her. She's crazy, dude. Back in the days, when I watched her shit talk these guys. I'm going to tell y'all, she's the queen. She's the only woman playing with these top guys on this court. And this woman gave me her spot. Mm-hmm. And I was like a skinny chicken shit child back then. And let me tell you, it was, oh, it changed me. Mm-hmm. It changed me. And no. I was like watching her play with these other guys. And she was shit talking them. Yeah. And I was like, is anybody going to defend that? <laughs> she was, she was crafty, man. For some of the old people that remember Jackie Silva and like her, that Brazilian chick that just had these bump overs on two and these placement shots and cut and jumbo shrimps. She, she, Eugene, she would, a lot of those shots, she'd get clean. I'm like, you telling me someone's not, not I, okay, you get the kill, but you trying to tell me you can't even touch it? <laughs> it's clean like, <laughs> right? Think about that. Yeah. So, so Eugene, I got a question for you. Um, for Actually, for both of you guys. She, when she, when you, Bern, you are our, our assistant, she was your coach. Um, and there's always this line of where the authority comes from uh, and you're the player, I'm the coach, and it's just business, it's not personal. And she did not operate that way. She, um, one of her biggest strengths and weaknesses, she personalized her work. She was emotionally invested in us. She 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 didn't care about Eugene just because he could he could play volleyball. She cared about Eugene because she cared about Eugene. She didn't care about you and me because we could play volleyball. She cared about people. She of course you're gonna meet through volleyball, right? But but then there be, there comes something this involuntary reflex and this heightened level of emotional investment because you she wants good things for you on the court and at some and at some point that translates off the court and. You, any ask any coach it's the it's it's a taboo you can't do it because if it fails then the the whole team emotionally crashes and no coach has the testicular fortitude uh, um to do that because they don't want the risk if it fails 
Everybody thinks it's a good idea because and when it worked and and when it works, oh my God, this coach is a genius. But nobody, nobody wants to do it because their career's on the line. If you, if right, you're if you're a coach and you're losing, you're not going to be coaching. <laughs> you are what your record says you are, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, and just like them basketball coaches that out there, and they don't win, they get bounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I mean, well, basketball is the worst. You can win 57 games and still lose your job. <laughs> that guy from the Raptors got coach of the year and lost his job. <laughs> he won coach of the year and lost his job the same season. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Damn, because winning is everything. Yeah. Well, Chi, but, winning, Chi winning at life is everything, though. But, but winning Chi, is everything. What that means, life or not, life is everything. Yeah. Winning at everything is life. It's true. All I know is Chi gave every bit of herself to us everything she had she gave it all to us she gave you the block she gave jason the skills of what jason have what i have what gene had what pat have she gave us everything she poured knowledge into all of us even big josh i read what he told how she came and told Justin and Josh at the time, he said 10 years ago or maybe 11 years ago, to, you know, help with their bump skills and then help. Justin, which is my boy from Central Park, we were the first two in that generation back then. Um, I remember Cheap giving him a little knowledge or something. Because, you know, remember, it was just me and Jay at the time, Justin at the time. And before everybody else met up, how we all met up. And, you know, Justin took that and he look how he passed. He passed like a, that dude. It's a passing <laughs> machine, right? Yeah. Good luck. Good luck service mm-hmm. to Justin, man. Yeah. Um, yo, I tried to, I, 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 Jay, if you watching this, I'm finally admitting this. I try to be. I, I was I was I was in competition with Justin back then, because watching him, I was like, "Fucking passes are great, man! Look how he's pass." I said, "Nah, man, I'm gonna be a better defender than him." <laughs> and then look what happened: we both played with the best defenders in yeah. the court. <laughs> yeah, you you two are forever enjoined um, by that. You know, I do remember playing a hard top game, me and Ren against the two of you, and that was just. Um, you know the defense, the long rallies. That was just a lot of. That was a lot of fun. That was a time oh, in my I life. I forgot about that game. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. But yeah, chicken chess. If you're watching this, yeah, we talking about your little skippy behind. <laughs> He's probably Brand. one. Probably wondering why I didn't invite him on the podcast. But I've, I have, I think you know me, Burn. I've, 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 I always do my part. I always invite everybody, and and then it's, and then it's up to everybody them. Knows, everybody knows we love Brand, man. Yeah. Brand is a. Uh... We love him. Wonder, he's a wonderful character. Yeah. Where you get this weed? Nah. <laughs> we, 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 you, me, him, everybody. What do you mean, man? Where you get this weed? I don't love no damn red. So I want to um, I want to bring out name, uh, drop some names on some of the players who um, she had befriended and and had learned something from her on and off the court. Danny Moy was one of the people that loved Chi. Danny Moy, Chinese nine man. He's with the the New York, New Jersey Strangers. Uh, Wana Wu, um, who at the time Chi referred to as the best setter in New York City, the best female setter in New York City at that time. Um, Patrick Dietz, right? Just total motivation. Uh, Ken Basarath, 
um, who at the time, you know, because Ken's a little, Kenny's could be a little hard-headed and strong personality, so it takes a strong personality to, to teach that and coach that. And, you know, Kenny d didn't like her that much back in the beginning, but he understands now. And um, so uh, I wanted to share one thing with you guys. She, when she left New York, she went to California, you know, just greener pastures, more coaching opportunities, and she's loving it in the beginning, and then a year later, this place can really destroy you, you know, can really, there's a good old boys club and like not everybody's in it. So when you're here and people treat you like a beginner, what happens is you start saying, you know, hey, fuck you. I coached here. I did this. I did that and did this. And then you start, you get sucked into this validation game, Bernard. And then, and then at some point you become what you despise because you don't, you don't want, it's not a comfortable conversation to have to prove yourself every time you, you run into someone new. So a year into it, you know, I, I, I called her and she says, I don't want to play volleyball. I don't want to coach volleyball. I don't want to play. I don't want to ref volleyball. I want nothing to do with volleyball. So it was crazy. And she left and she went back home to her hometown, New Orleans, where she found love for volleyball again, you know. And, and again, the kids that know her now and some of the adults that know her now just know her as a pain in the ass, like know-it-all referee, all this woman thinks she knows it all or whatever. But for the people that knew yeah. her longer. But, well, it's crazy because some, a lot of women are put in that position. Right. I don't want I'm not trying to make this a man or woman thing, but like when, when a woman asserts herself and calls her own shots, she, you know, to some guys, she's not she's regarded as a bitch. Right. She's not like, a, you know, not like a woman. And, and, and I think that's a shame for people who miss that point about her, you know. She never, she never struck me as a bitch, though. Yeah. You guys can't see me. Right. You can see yourselves. Is that what's going what's, what's happening right now? All right. Cool. Oh, you can. Oh, good. I was going to say, because for the podcast, the, they, the audience could see all of us. They could see okay. all of us. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. You can't hide from us, Jay. <laughs> I know where you are, man. Yeah. Um, By the way, thank you for doing this, Jay. It's great because we, we can definitely spill over and have our own stories, right? That seem like it has nothing to do with Chi, but it's when you, when you go back to the, what do you call that? The, the, the tree. Or the chain, the chain of the chain of command here, the, or the chain of custody. How our stories started to begin with. How did you get there? Oh, we were here. And how did you get there before that? Oh shit, chi. You know, so it, it was one of those things where we knew each other before her, right? We were a year or two in year two, two uh, like really close friends, two years in before we met her. Um, and and she was more than just a friend to me, right? She was like a mom to some people, but me and her, we were a little, you know, as you remember, really close. You guys used to joke with me about that. Like, I didn't want to say nothing. Yeah. But I was you know, it's funny. Say. It's I'll tell you a story. It's you and Jean in the car, right? And I'm driving her home, right? And I'm like, do you want to see um, a movie? And she's like, yeah, I want to see Sense and Sensibility or something like that. It came out at that time. And I'm like, how about tomorrow? She's like, I'd love to, right? So she's a shotgun. It's a van. It's a school van. So she's shotgun. Um, I'm driving. And you guys are in the back. And I'm just like, I, the whole time I'm talking to her and getting my flirt on, I'm like, I hope these guys are just doing their own thing back there. I hope, like, Eugene's fucking doing his homework. I, I hope Bernard is, like, messing with people. And and it, that's not how it went. She, I, I, she said goodbye. And this awkward kiss on the cheek. And when she left, as soon as the door closed, Bernard was like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> 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 oh, they call me no, Mr. Bombastic. No, Tell me no, fantastic. No, I, wait, wait, wait. I was in the back and I'm looking at Eugene. Eugene was like, so when she left, I was like, 
that music. And he was like, you motherfuckers. You. Yeah. <laughs> Great moments. Yeah. Great moments with Patrick. Like Patrick would um, have an injury. Uh, we we uh, wink wink and you know and and she's like you got to get up and he's like i can't i think i tore my acl and she's like eugene talk to him and eugene's like me what, what did i do what, what do i have he said i ain't no he's like <laughs> no eugene's line was i'm not a shrink and she's like i just fucking made you one go talk to him it's just, i was right there i was sitting right there I was like, she yeah, said i just made you one <laughs> well patrick knew that if he was injured with the forfeit anyway so you know yeah. what i mean he was just playing games yeah it was know? only six people we didn't have a um you guys for our team for our ncaa team city tech we had six people eugene was our sixth who registered for class 15 minutes before we had to play USMMA. Because Ray was giving me crap. You know, the, yeah. the administration, it was just... Yeah. All my paperwork was right. They, they were just being... It was... Know. It was... But consider the six, though, right? Alex, you, um, Patrick, Lenny Vargas, uh, Sean Cousins. Remember our our, 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 our Jamaican? Our, our guy with the dreads? A soccer player turned into a volleyball player. Peter Lanton. Uh, who Bernard yeah. called French fry back then? Um, he didn't like that so much, but it is what it is. Um, uh, kids, man. It's so just it was just the right sex. Yeah, actually, I, I, if I remember, she made him stand up, and then we played five on six. So when the ball was served, Patrick would just limp off the court to the sideline, and we'd win the rally, lose the rally, and he'd get back on the court for the rotation. So we run out of rotation, and then we'd serve, and we'd go off the court, and the crowd is like, what is we doing? And she's like, she looks at me like, she's like, they're, they're wondering what we're doing. She's like, we're winning, dude. She's she's like, there's no way we're forefoot in this game. It was against Brooklyn uh, College. We didn't particularly want to lose that game to them. And she made Patrick, it was Peter Lanton, not Patrick, made Peter limp off the court uh, um, when after the ball was served. When the ball, you know, before the ball served, you got to stay in rotation. So what we did was we slid him to one side or the other. And the rotation player next to him just slid him as far to the end line or the sideline as we could. And and we ended up beating Brooklyn College 15-8. It was back then it was it was it wasn't rally, it was side out. And we beat Brooklyn that it, it was we were up two sets to zero and we won that last set. With Peter, just we were us playing five against six. It was how many balls? How many balls did they serve out trying to trying to get Peter to? to... Well, enough balls to hit him. They did hit Peter on the ball. He was back line, and he backed <laughs> up, and and, oh, and she's like, and she's yelling like, "Why can't you get out of?" And I'm like, "Geez, she's easy. He's off the court, man. He's off the court for a reason. He can't jump out of the fucking way." So, but there was there was definitely a ball where he he got hit. Uh, um, and there was a ball, Patrick hit the ball off the block and it was going out of bounds and we're just like, don't touch it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we're like, just, just, and, and and Peter felt so embarrassed. He just, he he did it with kind of an attitude. He just rolled his eyes and limped off the court at the same time. And and later on, he realized there was something going on bigger than him. And, and again, this story sounds like it has nothing to do with Chi, but it's like, what does this have to do with Chi? Everything, it was her idea. It was her idea. She's like, we're not forfeit in this game. Can you stand? And he's like, yes. She's like, good. You're going to stand on the sideline, uh, on the court, so you're in rotation. And then when the ball serve, you limp off the court, and we're going to beat this team five five against six. You know? And she's he didn't want to do it. And I'm just like, 
we'll take it home for you, Peter. I'm just trying to be all encouraging. We'll, we'll take it home for you, brother. <laughs> you know, trying to be all glass half full about it. So, but it was, it was, it was genius. It was a genius move on her part, which, um, you know, the trainer wanted to look at him. She's like, no, he's fine. Because if the trainer looks at him and says he's out, he's out, right? So genius. And it was a victory for, for us against Brooklyn College. You know? Um, they were mad. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. They were mad. They didn't know what the hell we were doing. They, they once again, thought that we were being um, douchebags, right? Like, we're so good. This guy's going to be off the court. We could play you five on six. So they didn't understand because Peter wasn't really limping that fast. You know what I'm saying? He, was, he really just took one step. So they didn't know he was injured, you know? I remember one of the teammates was like, ah! Yeah, that's great. <laughs> No, because everybody's like, oh, my God, I'm so confused. And she's like, don't then don't think. Just listen to me. You know, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I know what's going on. She just said, don't think. Just listen to me. You know, and that's something I learned about her that I want you guys to echo uh, uh, maybe your own personal whatever. One of the things I got about her is there's a difference between explaining to a kid the why because this is Generation Y, right? Some of the kids, if they understand the why, they're more productive. But sometimes when you ain't got time to be explaining shit, you have to have this mixture of just blind trust with your coach mixed with the why, right? Like when Peter got injured, we didn't have time to to, to explain. We, sometimes you just have to listen and, and, and just trust this woman, right? So um, how do you guys feel about that? Like just... um. The, the, no, the trust right. system that it's she right. implemented. I, 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 was, I, I was all up for, for, for him stepping up the court, even though he was hurt, because I have to play with a, with a messed up ankle too, remember? Mm -hmm. You remember that game? Right? I, I do. Yep, with, I remember I, that. I was limping, and, and mine was pretty pretty bad, but I kept going. That's you had a dislocated right shoulder that you popped back uh, in. Come on, man. Yeah, I remember he's, that. He's a track and field guy. He's supposed to be tough, right? Yes. So, exactly. Sean Cousins was tough. Sean Cousins was man. That guy was, was tough, man. Sean was God, tough. he's so mentally mentally strong. You know, I um, he dug like four balls mm -hmm. in a row. Right. Like I, Sean Cousins. Yeah. Like, he went. Pah. He was like all over the floor. Yeah. Nah, he, he looked like he threw a dummy. He's like, I right, get it. And he would scream <laughs> his own name when he passed the ball. Instead of "I got it, I go," he'd scream "Sean." He'd scream "Sean." <laughs> it was. Hilarious! It was because it's not volleyball talk, right? And it's nothing like not even even us, even like hood rats like us that we even even for us it's like, yo, my man, are you, you are you that good? You you shouting out your own name? Just say I got it. Just say I go. Don't say Sean. <laughs> I'll give you another example, Eugene. When we were at a grass tournament, and and for anyone that plays volleyball and knows grass tournaments, local beach tournaments, the players are ref. The players got to work, right? So grass tournament, they called Eugene's hands, right? And Eugene went up to the ref and said, if you call my hands again, I'm going to fuck you up. And then the next play, Eugene literally mangled it. He did this. He did, Eugene, Bernard, he did this. He did this down here and did that and the ball spun sideways like a top and the ref didn't call it the ref, and the other team was like dude you're gonna let him scare you why am i telling that story because that's chi that was chi's mentality uh, um that she psychologically uh, um controlled the 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 tempo the pace of the game the attitude the mindset that eugene got that from her eugene was a nice guy before you met her <laughs> 
Just, just saying. No, that was a nice guy. I don't remember marrying you. No, sorry. He's a nice guy before he met you. That's right. You <laughs> said Oh, me? <laughs> Eugene's like, not burn you. Gene's always blaming me. Every He's... time he gets drunk, he turns around and look at me. I blame your ass. I used to be nice. I said, yeah, get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you used to get me into fights. People wanted to mm. fight me when we were playing because you were talking trash from behind me, man. They thought it was me talking. Yeah. Bernard wasn't at his worst when he was loud, though. He was at his worst when he was quiet. Yeah, I know. Chi Chi taught Bernard how to make mental notes. Like Bernard, we, we you were on the podcast before, and we both shared the story of um, Grass Threes in Connecticut, right? Which is very very popular at that time. You know, two blocker system, bunch of tall guy, indoor guys, just murking people. Um. Uh, there was a play. There was a game that the referees called like double hit contact on my hands. After they said, after they said it was okay for me to do a fast release and forgive some spin, all of a sudden, oh no, this that that whatever. And the whole time, Bernard thought that they were making these calls to cheat us. You know, because that some of some of them were doubles, but some of them weren't, right? And you ended up having to set the rest of that match because you had the better catch and throw, which the, they were okay with. And then you guys got me back into my setting mind, and I was good. But Bernard, the whole time, which I thought he'd just be yelling at everybody, talking about how these people are idiots or whatever, didn't say anything. Just dead fucking silent, just silent. And burn, I said, burn. I said, how you feel? And he says, dude. That team that refed us, we have to, you know, he says, you know, we get to play them, right? <laughs> that was the only thing Burns said in all of pool play. He didn't, he, he wasn't even on the court saying, I got it. He wasn't even talking about it, but he was quiet the whole pool. And, and the only thing he said was, you know, we get to play them, right? And I just went, and because of the, the mentality cheese instilled in us, when Burns said that, where some people would find that intimidating or like confrontational because the way she trained our mentality, we, we were like, are you kidding? There's no team I want to play right now more than these guys right now. I know, right? So, I said, I'm going yeah. after these guys. So, Eugene, you'll love this, right? So, I'll, let's just finish the story. Why not? So, Bernard's back there to serve, right? And... They're a good team, so I need Eugene to block with me. So uh, the whole time I was blocking by myself, when most of these games you have two blockers because they run faster plays, but Eugene and I had long arms, so we were long-arming at the whole tournament. But Eugene and I decided to block at the net together because we, we felt you have met, you know, whatever. So I'm at the net, right? And I just hear, whoom! And then the balls is an ace, clean ace, right? So Eugene, what does this fucker do? This guy goes, right? And he walks after the ball. He doesn't jog after the ball. He walks, right? And he's doing this because he's trying to break Bernard's momentum. Because you know Bernard is angry and he's serving. He's got a little extra mustard on his thing. And the whole time he's walking, I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Right? So I want to turn around and look at Bern, but I don't. Because I think he's going to say something to the guy and he doesn't. Right? So <laughs> Bern... The whole time, this is what Burns doing, by the way. Right there, he's doing it right now. Yes. No, but that's what I found out later what he was doing. He was sipping the water like it was wine. Look at him. Burn, do burn, do that again. Take a sip like it's wine. Do it again. He he was like, he was like he, he was like, I feel like I'm in Europe. <laughs> Jay, you got some cheese for this shit? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so the whole time I'm looking forward. I don't see it. I'm just scared to death because the serve was so fucking fast. I'm like, I don't want to jinx anything. So finally, what seems like two minutes, 
He gets the ball and he rolls it back. Eugene, you pick it up, you roll it back to Bernard. And I'm at the net. Wham! Ace. Another one. And then he's walking again. Walking again. I'm like, and then I'm still like this. And I see Eugene in the corner of my eye. And Eugene, you, you put your hands down and you're waiting a little bit. Two minutes later, walks back, rolls the ball, makes it to the net, to the tape. Eugene has to pick it up, roll it back to Bernard. Wham! Ace. Another ace. So this is three clean aces. And I now I can hear Bernard breathing. You know, like this, like fucking snorting mad, right? So I turn around just to see if he's okay. But I don't want to turn around because when you get three aces, I'm superstitious. I'm just like, keep staying there where I was. So I turn around and what is he doing? He gets one of those crates. You know, those crates that you sit that the Puerto Ricans be sitting at in front of the bodega drinking their beer. Byrne grabbed a, cr a crate and he, 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 he dragged the crate to the service line to the end of the service line and sat on the crate and pulled out this big bottle of water. Show him the water again so we could appreciate the story. He pulled out this big thing of water and he's sipping on the water. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's not sitting there walking back and forth and like wanting to F somebody up. And they rolled the ball, right? And I pick up the ball this time, and I roll the Bernard, the ball to Bernard, and Bernard lets the ball roll right past him. He just goes like he has the water. He goes, and then he goes, <laughs> and then he, he takes another sip. Right? We all started laughing after that. And the guys on the other team are like, "Dude, you ready? Are you ready to play now? You ready to play?" And Burns like, "You want some, Jay?" And I was just like. <laughs> It was great. Like Hugo, um, Hugo Montesos, who coaches uh, New Haven, I think the men's team or women's team, he was at that tournament. He could verify yeah. the story. It was, it was fantastic. Was off, it was, but that, how, well, how does this all relate to Chi? This is, this is something me. Chi did, would do. And this is something Chi would have zero problem with if you did that. She would actually cackle out loud. She has a, she has a laugh and she has a cackle. Cackle comes from here, from the freaking diaphragm. <laughs> Sounds like she that, did. right? Sounds like that. Uh, um, mm -hmm. And and that was cheap. And that was one of the fun stories I wanted to share. Um, Gene, anything you wanted to share? Um, maybe Diouville, the 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 tournament in the snow we had to drive to, some shit like oh, you that. Mean the storm we were driving in that day. We had to play Medalla, Medalla in Diouville. Yeah. 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 We uh, uh, I believe we were we went out afterwards have a drink. You went salsa dancing. Yeah, got to dance with Chi. She's a good dancer. Yeah, and that was our coach. That was our coach. Yeah. The she night before the night before a a, a tri match, <laughs> salsa dancing. <laughs> you oh. know, Lenny was good. He's good with it. He, oh. he he could party all night and do that. Patrick, he he, he Patrick's uh, locked up. He cramped up um the second match. You know, because yeah, well, yeah. Well, everyone thinks they can do it. I, look, I was I was coaching. I'm glad I was coaching because I, I could. I don't think I could do that the night before. You know. Love you, Patrick. I'm yeah. just joking. <laughs> That's what you get for leaving, fucker. All, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's watch a two minute clip of Chi talking about volleyball. Some of our experience. Okay, so let me turn this off, and here we go. Oh, that's our favorite sport. I'm like, what? And then, you know, we could. And then I called other friends. I had called my Czech friend and and called the Caribbean, some uh, Puerto Ricans. And you know, I'm saying, wow, we could have this event across the world. 
without even having to pay for a location. <laughs> and this is really cool. And, and the more you stay happy and healthy, the most important thing is to stay happy and healthy. And now over my years of doing what I do, I'm involved in, in sustainable uh, food and food infrastructure because that's a part of being of wellness and um, other sustainable and renewable uh, technologies. But, um, but um, okay, and then on top of this, I was learning, do you know what epigenetics and nutrigenomics is? And that's when the conversation became too rich for my blood. <laughs> uh, She's I like, do you know what that know. is? And I'm like, only to make conversation. <laughs> yeah. Burn, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to catch you by surprise like that, dude. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, okay, take a moment, bro. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, but do you see the conversation that she had just the two minutes? Just be happy, be healthy. Um, love each other, invest in each other, eat right, you know, exercise, um, take care of the people that can't take care of themselves, drink a lot, be merry. <laughs> yeah, she's, um, th that, that interview was 2000. Um, Ber so Bernie, you can, you can peg, ping the time because it was two podcasts removed from you and me. If so if that was 2000 or 2000, no, 2020 or 2021, I don't remember. But sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. on the phone last night, Gabby, Gabby. Um, so you don't hit them close, didn't you? Yeah, it's okay. serious business, man. Okay, buddy. All right, man. It's good, man. I'm all right. I'm sorry, man. Nah, if you need a minute, take it. You know, to I'm, see him off, you know, it just that was that was you caught me by surprise, too, man. And I just get hired, but, but all of this caught us by surprise, right. Like yeah, 2022, yeah. 2023, they're mild symptoms of dementia, right? And then um, Alzheimer's disease. And if you're looking at the video, I'm looking at. Hobby person. I didn't see that coming. No, I, I, I saw a hobby person. Yeah. That's everything. That conversation, Eugene, was an hour and 17 minutes. It was it was a great oh. conversation. It was, and it was, it was weird because like usually dementia or like, Alzheimer's you see like none of us are doctors but all of us have had family members where it's just it's just really painful someone to, for to watch someone go through that you know to go through that process where they're losing kind of losing their mind and you really and you don't want to see them like that and you wish I don't want to say nothing morbid but you wish they would die you wish that they they didn't they wouldn't have to go through through all of this leading to their death you know what I'm saying? I'm talking spiritually. I'm talking mentally. I'm talking psychologically. I ain't even talking about financially what it would cost your family because dying in America is the most expensive thing you could do here. So we ain't even talking about that. We're talking about, you know, what what we want for her, Bernard, right? And what we how we want to remember her. But the most important thing, how she wants to function as an adult, right? It's the conflicting the conflicting forces of quality of life versus the sanctity of life. You want to keep her alive, but to what end? Right? Does she have half her mind? She doesn't want to do that. We, I, I, can the three of us speak for her and say that's not how she wants to live? Can we? Does anyone disagree with that here? The three people that know her really well? No. B? I don't even know what to say for that. Yeah. 
I can speak for myself. I can lose my mind and be old. I'm, I think I'm going to be old, cripple, and crazy anyway. Of all the things yeah. I've lost, I miss my mind the most anyway. So I think I'm, I'm okay, but that's just me. I lost your mind a long time ago, bro. Yeah. Of all the things I've lost, I miss my mind the most. I get that. But but. I think I've been lost my mind years before I was in what. Um, yeah. Whatever. But Bernie, those those are those are things where we're speaking for ourselves, right? But speaking for Chi being of sound mind being cognitive and and being having well thought out things and having just bright ideas and sharing those ideas with other people were um things that contributed to her quality of life you know and and i don't know the full details of of how what the diagnosis of of, of her passing was but we all know that dementia and we all know that alzheimer's disease is a result of maybe blood flow not getting to the brain. So that could be vascular disease that leads to that. That could be, uh, um, right? It can be anything, anything that, that involves not getting proper blood flow to the brain. You know, I'm, again, I'm not a doctor. I just, we've been on this earth a long time to, to, to have family members, to have friends where we know the symptoms. My stepfather passed away 2020, February 2020. COVID, I couldn't bury him, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't able to fly, but, you know, I didn't want that for him, you know? Right. Yeah. And and she was working on this project that she was talking about, um, I, the iHeart project, the iHeart volleyball project. Guys, we had a project going where we were going to live stream 21 different matches from 11 different countries. She flew to New York and got Danny Moy on board to, to film, to live stream Chinese Nine Man. I went to Bobby Jones and some people in Texas, they were down to do that, right? You know, I know California, I think it's safe to know a guy so I could actually get one or two pro matches on the live stream, but it wasn't about just the pro matches, even though the pro matches were important to get eyes. It was just about like Central Park, like Hardtop, right? Central Park Beach. She was trying to get this iHeart thing and this this world peace thing through the sport that that she knows and loves very uh, um, on a level that, Everyone that follows this podcast that's a volleyball person can can relate to, you know. And for the people in right. California that have no idea what the hell we're talking about that follow the podcast, um, I apologize that that this is not something you're used to. But at the same time, I'm not sorry. <laughs> so it's it's one of those situations where I'm I'm not sorry, but I also apologize. <laughs> uh, um, if you guys yeah. get my get my gist. Not sense, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well said. Not... Burn. You got. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, you get, people don't know about our history of us three, just us three alone. That could How be a whole nother podcast, Burn. We, oh, okay. we, we should do that. You heard though? No, look, I'm on 193, episode 200. Guess what? We just make this a party and just drink and talk shit and talk volleyball, and that would be great. <laughs> that that one will be three hours if we if we allow ourselves, you know? Um, but for this podcast, I was trying to just get just enough of chi before we say goodbye to her forever. Oh, you, know? you got me on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you said big soft. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up, but I want finishing thoughts. Finishing thoughts, Eugene, on chi. Something you want to say to her, uh, to her if she's listening from well, that, from that volleyball heaven. court in the sky. Well, I know she's in heaven. And I appreciate her, her, her wisdom that she gave me. It, it, God bless. I, it was a pleasure God. knowing her. Jesus. And I will always love her with all my heart. Yep. You know I know. I, mean? I, like, I like that. You had me. I don't know she's in heaven. Burn? 
if mom was here right now listening to this, she would just laugh it up. She loved to see our conversations and she loved how we act stupid against each other and stuff. So I remember times when we you talk and she oh yeah was <laughs> that laugh and I was like, What you laughing at, Mom? To see you guys, it's so crazy, you know. And and I love her, I miss her. Yeah. I mean what else Even is my eyes open up, you know, it's like <laughs> it's back. It's you, like you found the cure. <laughs> you found the cure. Her name is Chi DiMaggio. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I missed the hell out of I mean, I I can't even remember it was two years ago I had a talk with her on the phone. And that was it. Two years ago. Yep. Why well, couldn't it been sooner? Oh no. I drove to New Orleans and met up with her and got to talk to her and I saw the beginning, the beginning of the end. Um, I got to witness some of that and, you know, I put it on my face, but I'm, I'm you know, when, when, when the investors ask me what's up with her and I'm just like, for, I'm like, forget it, excuse me, I'm like, I'm like, forget it, she's gone, you know, um, before she was gone. But I'd like to close by saying she showed me that I can be more than just a hood rat. Now, hood rat, burn, and Eugene, and everyone listening, it's always referred to as like this negative thing. But when I say hood rat, I mean someone who grew up in the hood, who has who have friends you grew up with, and friends you came up with, and you're still friends, and you have dinner, and you play sports together, and you play cards, and you argue, and you fight. And I told myself, if I had that situation for the rest of my life, until the day I died, guys I can grow old and die with like you guys, it's a great life. It's a great life and people, and there's no price that anyone can ever put on what the relationship that we have, that we came up with, Patrick Dietz included, and amongst other names, like Eda, right, who, who was also, by the way, City Tech. Kevin Ed was also City Tech. Solomon Ramos, City Tech. City Tech, City Tech, City Tech, right? Uh, hey, hey, right, hey, Penn State, how does, how does it feel to get your ass kicked by a bunch of City Tech guys? Um, but um, I, I wanted to finish by saying that what you have is good, but what you can be. If you want, if you feel like you wanted, you deserve more. And if you want to be more than more than just something that you're happy with, this is the way to do it. I was 266 pounds when I met her, and I put that on Facebook. That changed. I was a hood rat when he, when I met her. I'm still a little bit of a hood rat, but as you can see, the culture changed, and Eugene recognized it right away. Like, dude, you, dude, you're in La La Land. Uh, um, there were a lot of things that I was that I was okay with, but it changed because she showed me that I could be so much more. She showed you you could be so much more. You showed you, Eugene, you could be so much more. And outside of the three of us, we can, the, the, the list of names that she, of the lives of the, that she's affected before she even met us and long after she met us, uh, um, the list is too long. So Chi, my lover, my friend, my rock, my mentor, my boss. I speak for the three of us. They're from the New World Order. We love you very, very much. We love you very, very much. And my heart is very, very, very heavy today. And it took everything I could to not, you know, just to get, to, just to keep speech. Even right now, it, it holds on. It holds on by a threat. <clears throat> it holds on by a threat. Guys, thanks for making this happen, okay? 
All right. Thank you, bro. All right, guys. These these two may love you, but I don't love any of you guys. In fact, I can't stand you. In fact, I'm out of here. All right. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your desktop, on on your droids or whatever, who runs the world, baby? Old school, baby. Old school. I see that desktop behind you. So for Eugene Escoboza, Georgian Escoboza, for my man Bernard Norman, I'm Jason DeBillius. We're out of here. We're gonna. You guys stay with me after this. I'm gonna just run my credit. We're gonna do a nice little silent thing, but for now, we're out.